There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's uh, great to be back with you again for, yes, another fantastic week on episode 539 now. So um, thank you for all of those who have uh, you know, continue to listen and continue to uh, to comment and, and contribute. And uh, thank you to all those amazing guests that we've had on the show uh, to date. Uh, we're going to talk today about Come Up For Air, a um, fantastic book by Nick Sonnenberg. And uh, I think you're going to find this really helpful if um, being more efficient is really important for you. Uh, I should mention last month's, last week's show, um, I had a, an unusual, I had something that's not happened to me quite in the way that it happened to me uh, before, in that I found myself about 30 minutes before the show uh, with a guest who had completely and utterly lost his voice. So um, last minute, I found myself uh, having to decide whether to cancel the show or go with it. And instead, what I did was I summarized uh, my experiences and insights from um, shows and conversations with 10 absolutely amazing guests uh, from um, talking from uh, space philosophers through to Deke Copenhagen, the three time Copenhagen, the three times mayor of Augusta, um, through to talking to Dr. Alan Bernard about decision making. Uh, and I shared all of those insights and wisdom and was actually really grateful for all the feedback uh, that I received. And I uh, was really quite proud of what came out because uh, it helped me to, to realize in my own mind just how much um, I pick up and and learn from the amazing guests that I have on this show. Made me realize why I do what I do. Uh, so it's been a, a fantastic week um, here, actually, and I hope wherever you're, you're doing that you are uh, now coming to the, was the end of your week and you're thinking about how can you make next week, next month uh, special? How can you be even more efficient and productive than you're being right now? And we've got the perfect person to uh, talk to us today, Nick Sonnenberg. So are you feeling overwhelmed right now, though, by the tidal wave of work? I've been reading today Nick's book, Come Up For Air, How Teams Can Leverage Systems and Tools to Stop Drowning in Work. And I've realized having myself only had a full day off, I think, in the last four to five weeks because I've been so busy that actually there's a bit I can learn from Nick today. Um, and I'm sure that uh, I'll get some wisdom and uh, and ideas because a lot of us can be drowning in this tidal wave of work. Uh, Nick is the Wall Street Journal bestselling author of Come Up For Air. Um, he's a renowned entrepreneur. He's a columnist. He's a guest lecturer at Columbia University. And he brings with him uh, some really, really rich experience. He was a trader, a high frequency trader on Wall Street. Um, he's also the founder and CEO of Leverage, which is a consultancy, which is really revolutionizing workplace efficiency. And he helps companies through his innovative system. He calls it CPR. Uh, my wife knows CPR as a doctor, um, being something slightly slightly different. It's a business efficiency framework, but I think there's a reason why it's called CPR. 
Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real game changer in harnessing communication, planning and resources to not just survive, but to also thrive. So have a think through this interview. Get a piece of paper or a, a, a pad, a book, a notebook, and maybe identify from this interview two or three things that you can really take away and reply uh, and utilize because we're going to talk about reclaiming your time and reducing your stress boosting productivity and, and helping you to gain an extra full day per week so a big welcome to my guest nick sonnenberg thanks for having me chris and uh Al, dr alan um it, barnard is a great friend and i'm sure that that was a great great episode you guys had he's awesome Oh, he was he was absolutely brilliant, actually, and uh, I really, I really found him to be um, very, very insightful. So, and I will go and check out that one with um, Dr. Nick Bernard if you've not listened to it. Um, I think, um, yeah, it is astonishing who you get to talk to and meet through this show. Um, it's uh, as you'll find, Nick. I know you have a a very successful podcast with Jay Abraham, the Optimal Podcast. So, the um, Optimized Podcast. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, the Optimized. I'm just. The writing's a bit scruffy there. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Earlier. <laughs> um, so let's have a conversation then about. Let's start with, you know, where where do, where where do you live? Where are you right now? And just share with us, you know, you know, what's a typical day in your life like right now? What do you what do you do? What do you get up to? Um, well, today I'm in New York, but yesterday I was in LA. So lately I've been traveling a bit more than I like, but between speaking and, you know, my mastermind group and other masterminds I'm a part of, it, it ends up being on the road quite a, quite a bit more than I like. But a typical day when I'm in New York, like for example, today I'll wake up around six, I'll do some, some, um, some morning routine types of things. I'll get to the gym around 7.15, do a workout. I'll do some phone calls with my team members that are in Asia or in um, you know, Canada that wake up early. So I'll get some calls done kind of on my walk to and from the gym. And um, you know, I try not to, I, I try to do in the mornings because my brain is freshest in the mornings. And something I talk about in my book is this concept of how time isn't linear and how not every hour of the day is worth the same. So yes. I've identified that I'm a morning person. Some You might be listening and might be a evening person, but whatever it is, for me, that, that first 30 minutes of the day, my brain is still waking up. So I'm not trying to solve the biggest, hardest problems of the day during that 30 minutes, but I might listen to a podcast that or an audiobook while I'm preparing my morning smoothie, for example, right? Because I you know, I don't need I don't need to be using kind of my ten thousand dollar an hour, so to speak, brain during that. So um so I'll do the things that don't require a high degree of brain power, but just things that need to get done and things that um kind of prepare me for the day. And then I try to, as much as I can, and it's not always achievable, but I try to then do the things that um, are going to make the biggest impact. But I have to balance that because I have some people, um, like Arno on my team lives in Tokyo. So uh, by 9.30 in the morning, you know, he's sleeping. So anything, if I do need to talk to him, 
you know, that'll be an exception case where like this morning, we have some big statements of work about to go out to some large, um, well-known tech companies that we might engage with. And um, so we had to kind of brainstorm a couple things around around that. So, um, but, you know, that's a high impact type of activity slash I could only uh, collaborate with him during that time. But for yeah. the most part, I'm trying to keep the mornings as free as possible for the high impact stuff. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll try to leave the, um, the stuff later on in the day um, for things that, you know, might be okay if my brain's not at a hundred percent horsepower, if that makes sense. And yeah. I've recently, I have a new, um, EA slash chief of staff. And so some of the things that I have them, him doing for me in terms of managing things with some of my systems hygiene, I'm having him do that kind of in the, in these morning periods. So then I've pushed back when I enter these systems a few hours later. So I give him an opportunity to kind of do a first pass. So then when I get into it, it's already kind of had a bit of a trimming. Mm. I'm always really interested about people's rituals uh, during a day because you know, you're, you're, you know, you're an expert in you know, if, if efficiency and doing things in a very effective way. And, and actually you're right working those hours that really work for you i i found i've tried to work early in the mornings and i i struggle i'm I'm great between about nine and probably 12 30 one o'clock and then i've got a downtime for a couple of hours four four o'clock till eight i'm absolutely firing on all cylinders um so i i try and i try and work in those areas when i can um doesn't help yesterday when you're delivering eight hours of uh on your feet uh in front of an audience um but uh yeah, so I'm a bit I'm a bit zapped today, but uh, I think yeah, work, working out your own rhythm is important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, been my, and, my routine. Yeah, and it's something else I talk about in the book, but you know, if you are a morning person, these meetings that you have with your team that are at say nine a.m. on a Monday, that that could be worth a thousand dollars an hour to you versus five o'clock on a Friday when you're in the back of an Uber and you don't have your you know, laptop or Wi-Fi. So uh, optimizing your time and optimizing meetings in particular, you know, if you could even just cut out 15 minutes from those early morning meetings at the high time, time value time slots and strip out any part of that meeting that could be done asynchronously and people could record a video or an audio of stuff that they want you to know that doesn't need a ton of back and forth. It's just like, here's an update. Here's a 10 minute update on what I've been up to. You know, save people the those precious minutes in those high value time slots and then allow them to time shift and now watch it on their own time yeah in the gaps that they've got a gap could be a walk around the park a gap could be in the back of an uber but i try to optimize my my day thinking a lot about those types of things and i've trained my team to as much as they can work with me asynchronously and Let's only have those. I'm available. I'm very available for my team for things that they need, but I want to make sure that those things are the highest impact things, which require brainstorming back and forth. If they want me just to know something, they've got to send me kind of an asynchronous video update on it. Yeah, that's a great idea. You've you that's actually helped helped me. I've got a 
a colleague who may send me quite long emails and uh, and it's just not a good use of my time responding and sometimes better off to do it with a with a recording i think uh and uh, make that absolute standard standard practice now your your background um in engineering and high frequency trading in wall street how did that uh, impact your approach to sort of productivity and business efficiency um as you've discussed in your book i think you know if you for those that don't know what high frequency trading is uh, essentially i was developing algorithms and coding computers to trade stocks at microsecond speeds um purely based off of math and in that space a microsecond can literally mean millions so it really helped me without realizing it at the time um it really helped me to develop this one appreciation for the value of time because every microsecond could count in that space so it helped me to appreciate the value of time it helped me to appreciate the to celebrate small wins you know we would be trying to shave off a microsecond from something you know that 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 granular but that trained me to look at things through a certain lens and there might be a thousand steps in a process and if you could you know you maybe you can't cut out a hundred steps or optimize all of them but maybe maybe there's a few that you can and maybe you save even just a minute but you know maybe there's maybe that one minute times the number of people times the number of times that's happening per day per week per year ends up adding up to a lot you know maybe yeah. there's thousands of those types of scenarios where when you start celebrating those small wins and starting to look for those types of things it can add up to a lot of a lot of money you know uh, we teach one of the main things at leverage that we teach is uh, how to optimize how you use email and get to what we call in the book inbox zero and there's a, you know about a dozen or so strategies and things that you have to know that when you add them all up that's how you kind of get to inbox zero but one of them is keyboard shortcuts you know and that's this one seems this is probably the smallest of the 12 things that you should be doing but this is a good example of of small wins because a keyboard shortcut let's just use easy math say it takes so you get 60 emails a day yep. and hitting the letter E to archive versus moving your mouse to click the button maybe saves you two seconds in email. Doesn't seem like a hell of a lot, but you know, if it's two seconds times 60 emails, that's two minutes a day, 10 minutes a week on a five day work week, 40 minutes a month. And then over the course of the year, that's eight hours per person. If you're a team of 10, that's 80 man hours that you just got back per year wow. because of a keyboard shortcut, you yes. know, and that's probably the smallest of, you know, the dozen things with email, but, and the, you know, the thousands of tips and tricks that we share with our clients. But, you know, imagine if you have a hundred of those tricks, you know, that's 8,000 man hours back to your, to your uh, team. It ends up becoming quite considerable. Imagine what you could get done in a year with an extra, you know, you wave a magic wand, you get an extra 8,000 hours back for your team to work on, you know, probably is going to move the needle a little bit when you think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so do you have, um, where's the best way for people to access these tips? Do, well, do you... you know, the, the book is, the book is a great free resource. My podcast, the optimized podcast is a great resource. The book you could find 
find that at comeupforair.com. But um, if if people want to, you know, have a little bit more white glove experience and really go deeper with this stuff, then we have a membership platform where we have live co- consultants to help support, answer questions. And yeah, we're always evolving too. I mean, my book took me four years to to write and curious your thoughts as a, as a reader, but my intention with the book was not to be one of these types of books that you often see now, which is one concept with 20 stories yeah. re-illustrating the same concept, right? It's uh, my, my intent was to really create that manual that doesn't exist for how to have a high-performing team with very concrete, specific strategies. Um, but things evolve. I, I'm, I'm, you know, even yesterday, I thought of a new way of managing my team using a tool called Asana that we we use, and it's the start of probably what will be some new content probably in Q2 of this year. But I'm always evolving and getting smarter and new tools, new ways of using existing tools. And so the book is a great way to start. And then uh, if you want to go deeper on this stuff, we have this um, membership platform, which is there to answer your specific questions and then deliver whatever the latest content and methodology at the time is of training, which is current, which is constantly evolving, especially now, you know, with AI and everything that's happening. Things are moving quite quickly in this space. Certainly, I thought uh, it's fascinating in your book when you talked about what happened to the business in 2017, uh, and, it, and it's clear, you know, looking at your your background and reading about your experiences through university and Bar- Berkeley, and that you know this is a, the subject is absolutely right in your um, in your flow and sweet spot. But what tell us a little bit about what happened in 2017 and how that then resulted in you writing Come Up For Air, because I think it's a great case study. Yeah, so in 2017, uh, the business model was different. We were a freelancer marketplace. So I started the business quite quickly with a business partner who was big in the productivity space. And we were having dinner one night and we had this idea for a freelancer marketplace. We were always very passionate about saving time and the value of time. That's kind of always been my common, the common thread with anything that I touch. Um, But during dinner, we were brainstorming things because another freelancer marketplace, Zirtual, announced that they were going under. So we were brainstorming, what did they do wrong? What's, what's, um, were there some opportunities? And by the end of the dinner, we thought that it would, we thought of a model for a new type of outsourcing platform and it was pretty interesting. And so I said to him at the dinner, look, I, I could build this back end in a day, like a, a, and like a minimum viable product. You could probably get five clients quickly. Why don't we both do that tomorrow? And then this was a Sunday. Why don't we just launch this on Tuesday? And so we did that. And if you fast forward a year from then, we had, you know, over a million dollars in revenue with 150 contractors on the team. So we grew quite quickly, which sounds impressive. We bootstrapped it. So we never raised money. Um, We were doing some clever stuff with automation and things like that, but we grew too quickly. And although the two of us, you know, were high performing people, we got ahead of our skis and, you know, we were 
really good at the marketing, but we didn't have a product that was to the quality that it needed to be. And, and one day in, 20, in October of 2017, we were working together at this coffee shop that we would work at sometimes. And I'm having my coffee and he taps me on the shoulder and he tells me he's out. And we're not set, we're not talking about like two weeks new notice or two days notice. It's like two minutes notice. Okay. And so at that point, although we had a lot of team members and clients, we under the hood, it was a complete mess. We were losing we were losing around four hundred and fifty thousand dollars that year, three quarters of a million dollars of debt. Um, we had massive churn, like clients were leaving left and right. It was really just kicking the can because we were able to get new clients in to replace the clients leaving. But, you know, in that moment, while I'm holding the coffee, I go white and I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, we're probably going to go bankrupt here. Because uh, literally at that point, not only did we have all those financial issues, like literally under half a dozen team members and clients even knew who I was. I was really trying to be the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain and let him be the face. And so I had to make a, a critical decision. Do I bankrupt the company or do I try to figure this out and re-navigate the Titanic? And I, I decided to stick it out because um, I thought that I could fix it. I think I underestimated how difficult it would be to fix it. But um, I decided to fix it and... It was tough. Like in the first three months, we lost 40% of revenue, 40% of clients, for over 40% of the team. Um, I'm cashing out my 401k. I'm driving with my dad to the bank to loan me money and take a second mortgage out on his house for payroll. Bank accounts are getting frozen. Right. I mean, that you know, it's like the typical kind of war story that you that you hear of. And the challenge that I the biggest challenge I had was. You know, there's only so many hours in a day you can work. I was already pushing, say, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, there's there's no more extra. Like, physically, I couldn't do anymore. And I think any problem with enough time you can solve. Like, imagine I gave you 10,000 hours to solve whatever kind of big problem you've got. Now, you probably solve it. It's just time is our biggest constraint. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, you might think it's money, but really, it's time. Because with enough time, you could probably figure out a clever way to do it with with less money. Money is like a great way to solve some problems, but oftentimes with enough time, you can fix it with less money than you think. And so my strategy really turned to how can I free up more time so I can fix the root causes of this, of this business? And I started then doing a bit of an audit on where time was being wasted. And I identified kind of three big buckets where we were wasting time. So the first bucket was how we communicated. It yeah. was hard to get any meaningful work done, anything to really start tap, tapping into the systemic issues of the churn that we had when it was just nonstop Slack messages, notifications, emails. It's like by the time you do that, half your day was gone. So um, I knew I needed to clean up communication. The next thing I need, knew I needed to clean up was I couldn't just click a button and know who was working on what. You know, I had to start asking people and then that furthered the communication problem. So I knew I needed to be able to quickly uh, be able to click a button and know what's the status of this project, this goal, this task, what's past due that I asked people to do, things like that, that communication tools just aren't built to solve. And then lastly, 
I knew that I, I needed to have SOPs, standard operating procedures and processes. Like these were what I call in the book resources. Um, but I, I knew that having a clean and easy to retrieve resources, being able to self-answer questions so you don't have to ask people uh, was critical. And I, I had already been doing a pretty good, good job of that part of it. Had I not been, we for sure would have gone bankrupt. So communicate plan and resources was what I kind of came to. And I, I, I set out to try to fix these three areas. And then what I soon realized was these three areas actually are the areas of every business. Every doesn't matter your industry, doesn't matter your team size. If you think about it, every t you, you know, you listening right now, you have to communicate with people internally and externally. You have to plan, manage tasks, projects, work. And then you've got resources. You've got your assets, your SOPs, your processes. And so things started moving quite quickly once I realized this in the right direction. And people started reaching out asking me to help them. So as a side business, I launched a consulting firm. And I started working with people like Tony Robbins, Poopery, Ethereum. And I realized that they, that they were benefiting just like I was. And so over time, I realized that the real opportunity here wasn't a freelancer marketplace or outsourcing platform. It was really to teach this stuff to a broader audience on how to have high-performing teams and be more efficient. And all these new tools out there, there's no playbook on how to best use them. So that's why I wrote the book. The book is meant to be this playbook that you never got in terms of how to think about best practices of when and how to use these tools. And I pivoted the company to now being what it is today, which is a platform to help train teams on how to be more efficient. Mm. So, so isn't it fascinating how sometimes during times of adversity, we discover our superpowers and become very, very, very clear. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you must be, must be, it's, it's exciting when you find that superpower and you can spend your career doing it and helping people. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm just int intrigued with, um, you know, how do you, with the communication of planning and the resources there, the very, I'm reading your book, you're clearly a very detailed man with, um, you know, you're very, um, very efficient, you know, you're, you're very good financially. Um, and, you know, in an organization, you know, I, I do a lot of work with sort of systems and looking at where, you know, people fit into the organization, the right people in the, in the right roles and in, the, in their flow. You mentioned uh, Mikhail Chikmensi Hal in your in your book uh, and the the concept of flow. Um, how do you get people to adopt these processes and procedures if they're not detailed and they're and they're not um, naturally process driven? Well, you know things things like what I first mentioned, right, about time not being linear and nine a.m. on a Monday is a far more time valuable time slot than five p.m. on a Friday. Like you don't have to be detail oriented to understand that concept no. and to start shifting some things, right? So you don't need to be as detailed as me and have all the automations that I have. Even if you pick up just a few tips and tricks, it can really be a huge time shift. Yeah. Um, so it's not rocket science to learn the things that we're teaching. In box zero, it's not rocket science. Everyone can do it. You could have quarter million emails will teach you how to do it. So you don't, it doesn't matter if you're detail oriented or not um, uh, to, to, to really move the needle. Yeah, no, I think that uh, makes sense. I'm gonna to go to commercial break now because we've just got, um, we're just about to end. But after the break, let's come back and let's talk about some of those tips 
that you have when it comes to communication, to planning, uh, to uh, resources? Um, you know, what are some of the ideas and thoughts that people can focus on at, uh, to help them quickly improve their productivity? Because uh, this is important. And avoid a scavenger hunt that you refer to in your book, too. And we'll come on to that after the break. Back again in just a couple of minutes. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with nick sonnenberg we're talking about um up for air and we're talking about productivity um i want to um, talk now about communication uh, first. And Nick, can you give us some, uh, you know, maybe some tips, some ideas about how we can improve our communication? I, I love the one that you shared with me earlier on about uh, about utilizing, you know, video conversation rather than maybe emails internally. Um, so what, what are your tips and tricks for um, for effective communication that can make us much more productive? I think first, First, you have to identify what is communication versus stuff that should live in the P or the R of CPR, right? Yeah. So if I were to say, hey, Chris, uh, can you edit this podcast by Friday? Should that live in a communication tool? I think it starts with that. So the yeah. biggest problem I see in companies is there's a lack of understanding what should live in a communication tool versus what I call a planning tool. But that would be like Asana or Monday or these other tools, because if 
you're not even putting things in the right drawer to begin yeah. with, everything else falls apart. So the first step is understanding with your team. Like when we do training, that's the first thing we do is, you know, what should live, what are all the different drawers we have to deal with here? And let's come up with a, with an aligned uh, strategy with what to put in what drawer. Cause at the end of the day, the name of the game with all this stuff is you want to optimize to be able to retrieve information fast, not transfer information fast. Okay. And so if that, that's what I propose should be everyone's, uh, the thing that they're optimizing for. What would typically, and, what would typically sit then in, in, in say communication versus, versus well, planning and what, what, um, what the, what are the typical things? You know, uh, something like, Hey, welcome, welcome Nick and the leverage team to, uh, to, to the team or announcement. We're going to, um, we're going to really be taking operational efficiency seriously in 2024. Okay. Right. Something that you don't want to hold someone accountable for. Something that you don't care that you can't click a button to know, did this happen, not happen? Is it past due? Right? I would, anything in a communication, especially, so take Slack or Microsoft Teams, that should be your internal communication tool for communicating. Right? So quick things. Hey, how's it going? Did you get back safely from the trip? How are you feeling today? Uh, we've just hired leverage. Communication. Right? Um, hey, can you edit this podcast by Friday? That would be a task in my work management tool assigned to you. Most likely there'll be a date on that task and most likely it'll probably live in some type of project. So I'll add the project to it too. Yeah. Right? Now you can hack whatever you want. Most people would do um, the latter inside of a text or email, which are communication platforms. And I'm just saying that that's wrong. And although, sure, it, you can do that and there's a maybe 80% chance that it happens or 90% chance it happens, you're still going to be wasting such a significant amount of time chasing and the, due to the lack of functionality that a communication tool will have, you won't be able to, in a robust, powerful way, answer questions that you would want to answer had it lived in the right tool. So yes. different tools for different purposes. You, know, you could chop down a tree with a Swiss army knife but a chainsaw is going to do it faster. So there's there's chainsaws for different things that need to happen and work. And it's my job to teach you what the respective chainsaw is for various types of situations so that you're not using a Swiss army knife for everything. Yes. And, and you know, people like the, con the... People love the idea of a Swiss army knife, having one tool to do everything. They love email because it, it can be the external communication tool, the internal communication tool. It could be the task management tool to delegate stuff, which sure, there's that's a positive that you have one, one stop, but it's back to this chopping down the tree example. You're using it for so many use cases it's not built for that the negatives far outweigh the pros. And although it's nice to have one tool, you're like cutting off your nose to spite your face that you're optimizing back for that what I was saying before, you're uh, using things like text and email means that you are caring more about the short term, meaning you care more about just transferring stuff and getting stuff off your plate versus optimizing for retrieval, which is really where you're going to see that exponential time savings, sacrificing in the moment. It, it takes an extra few clicks to put things in the right project with a bit of a description 
assigned to the right person with a due date. That's much, that's, that's more clicks. It's definitely an extra 10 seconds, 20 seconds to set it up like that versus a, a text and it's off your plate. But you know, what the, the amount of time that you're saving in the short term, you might have to waste 15 minutes later chasing and figuring out what the hell was going on because of that corner yes. that you tried catching, right? Yeah. And so that's really the name of the game is, is shifting the mindset to optimizing for retrieval instead of transfer. It's, it's the same reason why when you do your laundry, you don't just take it out of the dryer and throw it in a drawer which would be you optimizing to just transfer it and be done. You invest the time to separate socks in one drawer, underwear in another drawer, and you put things where it belongs, not because it's the fastest way to be done with laundry, but tomorrow when you need an outfit, it's much faster to put it together. Mm. And so just aligning your team on the different tools that you use at company ABC and when and how to best use those tools is critical. Yeah, what I've also noticed is uh, with, with with different tools, you know, different customers, different connections, and some of them are using they're using email, some of them use WhatsApp, some of them use LinkedIn, some of them use text, uh, and actually, you, you can miss messages too when if you don't know what the the standard is, you know what the um, what the basis is. As I guess if you the same in an organization. You, you explain you need to align everybody and get them get them really clear on what to use and when so that you're then consistent and you communicate in a consistent manner yep uh makes uh, makes a huge amount huge amount of sense so do you in terms of um internal versus external i mean i was reading in your book about using some for internal i think we suggested slack and microsoft for external email um what's what, what um what systems do you advise people use well i think i think slack or microsoft teams are both great tools if um you know you typically if you're a microsoft shop you use teams and if you're not you use um either google chat or slack yeah but internal communication just like a work management tool has specific functionality to optimize and manage tasks and projects internal communication tools have specific functionality that email doesn't have that makes it more optimal for using it with your team. For example, yes. the 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 logic of email is based on just purely it's chronological. So the most recent things at the top. Mm. Uh, internal communication tools organized by topic. So you you can create channels of topics. You could have a marketing channel, a finance channel, an HR channel, a sales. You could have channels, sales hyphen high value clients you could have a finance hyphen failed payments whatever it is but it's by topic and then you could add the relevant people into that channel and now you have topic specific conversations versus text or email is just you know unstructured free form which again nothing's faster than that but you know, if you have to find out what what was that failed payment conversation we had last month about Chris, it's gonna take you way longer to figure that out. It was going back and text and email than it is yeah. if you have a channel called failed payments or you have a project called failed payments, and yes. you could just uh, easily go into that. You're gonna find the answer exponentially faster. Yes, yes. 
yeah um my my assistant is uh is is wanting us to get get better at utilizing a, a system where we can see what we're working on together and um and it's you just got me thinking now that uh that um i've not been embracing that as well as i should be because it's not it takes me a bit of time so i think um you might have just turned me around uh, right now to uh to try and adopt yes. some, some better practice so thank you thank you for that um what about um planning then tell us a little bit about planning and how you de- how you define planning and what we need to take care with here well any anything that kind of fits the mad libs of high person name do xyz you know action by date you know most likely that should something like that should live inside of a work management tool like asana monday ClickUp, one, one of those types of tools you know anything that you want to hold someone accountable for should live in one of those tools okay and, and would you find would you do you advise companies utilize they st- you know they take they use a start asana for example and and they and they make that consistent through the organization rather than having multiple platforms yeah a huge problem in companies is what i call shadow it problems where the marketing team likes monday but the yeah. sales team wants asana because it, it Inevitably, you need to collaborate cross-team. And you know, f- from an IT perspective, not only are you going to have extra costs having to have licenses and multiple things, but um, it, it's more like you lose, you lose the two critical costs to that. Or it's one, you lose the ability to effectively collaborate cross-team. And then two, it's it's going to be hard to have any kind of internal training or any you know any kind of cross company training if you have to support a thousand different tools mm. you know so it's better to go deep and narrow with the core tech stack and you're going to piss some people off there's going to be some people that hated asana cuz most likely when someone says they hate a tool in my experience it's just that they never worked with a company like ours that properly explained the benefits of it, when to use it, how to use it. People hate tools because it's ruled out incorrectly. Yeah. And and it's not the tool itself that's the problem. It's just it was never taught, you know, never rolled out properly, never taught properly. And so in that, in those cases, a lot of these tools, if it's not rolled out properly with a strategy behind it, oftentimes it hurts the productivity of the team because now it's just another place for information to just get lost or forgotten it becomes a graveyard of it's like a graveyard of a reminder of everything you're not doing mm-hmm. but if you do if you do roll it out properly it can be transformative for for the team so um it's really important that if you're going to that that you should really try to minimize the shadow IT problem and have a strategy or you're, you're better off rolling out one thing at a time and doing it in a methodical strategic way get the value and then what I call ROT, just like you have ROI, return on investment, you have ROT, which is return on time. To so do one thing, maybe it takes you five hours to learn Asana, but in two weeks, you're saving more than five hours a week back. That's a pretty high return on time. After two weeks, you've broken even on that time investment. And now for the rest of your life, you're saving five hours a week. I mean, it's invaluable. So you're better off doing that. And I like just like how Dr. Alan Barnard talks about if you have two projects, it's faster to finish both by doing one 
finishing one and then starting the other versus doing both in parallel. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the same with this stuff. You're it, you'll generate a higher ROT mastering kind of one thing at a time versus trying to sign up for six different new softwares and not being great at any of them. Well, I, I wonder, Nick, you know, what, what percentage of the functionality do, do people understand in their phone or in their, you know, I'm looking at my Apple Mac at the moment. Um, and it's, it's, it's a huge amount of capability in it that I'm just not even aware of. Um, not, not helped necessarily by the, the training that's available online, you know, and, you, you can find out about one thing, but not the whole connectivity of e each other very easily. Um, but actually, we've got a lot more capability, I suspect, in, in what we're already using. Um, and I use a system occasionally called Canva. I probably only know about 5 or 10% of what that could do. So you've got me thinking about actually investing some time to, you know, to uh, understand these better. Yeah, and you don't have to... You don't have to learn every single thing, like 80, 20 it, you know? Uh, yeah. 80% of results is from 20% of the effort. Like learn just the top 20% of each of these tools. Hmm. Hmm. So, so any, any, what about the, um, to the third element? So it's, it's communication and planning tools and planning. And what about resources? Any can tell us any more about resources? How do we, uh, Anything that you do more than once that you don't like doing, you should think, how do I document this and never have to do it again? Right. So that's how to think about resources. Any Anytime someone asks you a question more than once, you should think, how can we document this so they can self-serve and I never have to waste my time answering it again? Yeah. Any Anytime where you know, someone does something and it's kind of in an inconsistent way with what you thought was your standard operating procedure, you should think, okay, well, we better document this decision. So then at least um, if it does happen again, we can refer like, hey, why did this happen? You know, we've all aligned and documented this, um, you know, this best practice. Yeah. If you have turnover and you want to get a new person up to speed, you want to be able to hand them a digital, always up to date, manual that they can read to get up to speed yeah if someone if someone quits you don't want them to leave with a whole bunch of knowledge in their head and that ip goes out the door the moment that they do mm. right if you mm. want to sell your business you know you'll get a higher multiplier if you're selling it with intellectual property and documented processes yeah yeah so so and what sort of systems do you recommend people use for I mean, we're partners with Coda. Also, if you're listening to this and, and any of these tools or things that you don't have that you want, we typically have some type of preferred partner pricing with all these companies. Right. I believe the website is getleverage.com forward slash tools, but you could also write into just hello at getleverage.com and we can give you the, the special link if it's not on that site. Yeah. But Coda... .io is the one that we're we're using and liking the best. There's others like Notion, Confluence, SharePoint. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that's also, I guess, efficiently is, is you ensuring any intellectual property that you do create, that it is carefully stored somewhere 
is 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 very sensible, isn't it? If you want to, as you say, if you ultimately want to sell your business, to uh, to build the archive up, um, otherwise you, you're fishing around for it, um, and uh, in a, in a rush when you're, you know, feeling that that need or that pressure to sell your business uh, to to do it on the go consistently as part of your the way you operate makes a lot of sense. What would you um, recommend if you were a small company struggling with inefficiency? What are the first steps they should be taking? You know, usually, I've... usually learning how to use email and doing you know in our in our membership, usually inbox zero is the thing that people should start with first because that's a quick win. Everyone is drowning in email. Everyone uses email. Not everyone uses Slack or Asana or these tools. So yeah. just learning email properly that that usually saves three to five hours a week. Right. Per person. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's big, isn't it? And, and there is there is a lot of functionality in email, isn't there? That uh that we just just don't realize. Yeah. Um yeah, but imagine yeah, if you could get to inbox zero. I've I've got to inbox zero uh before on several occasions, but then my lack of discipline means they start multiplying again. And it's uh, how how do you maintain that discipline to consistently do what you should be doing? You, know, you get you get busy, and suddenly there's stuff flowing in, and you know, a Microsoft. I've got have a focused and an unfocused sort of box that they come through, and suddenly you realise you've uh, not looked at unfocused for a while, and it's got hundreds of emails in it. And do you have any any tips for the discipline? Well, you know, like any habit. You know, you just um, you might want to, you might want to block time in your calendar just for inbox zero stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might, you know, start thinking when when we, what I talk about in the book and how we operate and the train our our clients when we talk about sprint planning is, you know, how do you know how much you can bite off in a week? Well, say you want to work a fifty hour week. You know, you don't have fifty hours to allocate to new projects. You have 50 minus your pre-existing meetings on your calendar, which mm -hmm. you might have 20 hours of podcasts and client calls and things. Yeah. So now that 50 actually isn't 50, it's 30. Yeah. But it's not even 30. There's other things that you need to do to keep the lights on, like reply to emails, reply to team members, reply. You know, there's just systems hygiene, which is not insignificant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most uh, on average, we're seeing another say 15 hours a week to allocate to that so that if after people go through our program we we see five to ten hours so we're able to reduce it but if right now right now you're listening it's probably 15 so that 30 actually is 15 so you probably have only 15 hours towards new stuff and if you're not properly thinking about that and you you know you're chewing off, trying to chew off 25, but you're not able to work more than 50 hours, you know, you're not going to have enough time to get through those emails. Yeah. So, so you either have to ignore your email, which you might have a, you don't want to do, uh, that, that would give me anxiety and hmm. so much, so much of the benefit too. It's not even this time savings. Every client that we sit with, 
we always we always have to stop them like, oh man, I can't believe I missed this email. That's like a ten thousand dollar email to, to me. Yeah. You know, so there's yeah. there's time savings and then there's also just a you're not gonna miss any of those opportunities sitting in your inbox. Mm. So so you know, I think I think you know, you might want to start just block off certain time periods in the day that you're not doing calls and you're just gonna deal with getting to, to email to inbox zero. And I would recommend signing up with our program and let us help show you the shortcut to get there. And in just a few hours, we'll, we'll be able to give you a reset. Fantastic. So to, to, to access your program, that's at getleverage.com. Is that right? Your, your membership platform? Yeah, yeah that's uh, right. Yeah. And people also want to check out comeupforair.com, which is uh, yep. so your, your book, which is great. Uh, and there's also the um, so it's op- optimize podcast the is that correct yes the yeah. optimize podcast.com yeah dot com a- excellent do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with that's in, in the last minute uh, you know i hope that i hope that this doesn't overwhelm you and don't feel bad if you are missing all of these things you know what's that proverb every long journey starts with a step celebrate small wins get to inbox zero and then you know do just one thing at a time it's probably going to take it's a never ending journey. I'm always trying to get more efficient, but, um, you know, try to save an hour a week and then reinvest that hour and try to make that one hour, two hours, and then try to make that two hours, four hours. And it's not just about individual productivity. We're talking about, this is team productivity, you know, individual productivity is necessary, but not sufficient for a team to be productive. It requires collaboration, coordination, Sometimes individuals have to sacrifice their own productivity for the greater good of the team. Yes. But it's not just how can we save you five hours or 10 hours a week? How can we save your entire team that, which adds up to thousands or tens of thousands of man hours a year? Absolutely. Well, Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Really um, enjoyed the conversation and taken lots about it. I shall go away and be reflecting over the weekend about how I can become more efficient. Um, I'm also reflecting still on um dr alan bernard and how i can uh, make my decisions more um effective uh, and do those more efficiently so thank you so much for joining us today it's been absolutely brilliant on next week's show we have simon bailey we're going to have a a great conversation next week about um about uh, leadership um when it comes to uh, helping leaders and to become more regenerative in their thinking so that's with simon bailey next week Uh, but once again a huge thank you to nick sonberg and you can check him out getleverage.com comeupforair.com and if you have any questions or comments do send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk take care everybody bye we thank you for listening to the chris cooper business elevation show Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. 